you ever thought about your rights and freedoms regarding your money and its impact by legislation from all levels of government? Welcome to the Information Edge with your host, Darren Yancey. Darren has over 40 years of experience in key sectors of the economy, and he's been knee-deep in politics for over a decade. He's going to get into detail on these sectors, the politics surrounding them, what they mean to you, and how you can protect yourself and be involved. Now, live from Texas, your host, Darren Yancey. All right, folks. Welcome. Hope you're having a wonderful week. It is Wednesday, hump day, the mid part where you're got Monday behind you. You're looking for the weekend. You can't quite see it there. I'm the guy in the middle. I'm here to pull you over from Monday, get you ready to go in and help uh, hopefully educate and inform and entertain to some degree with what's going on. And oh my goodness, we can't take a day off with some of this crazy stuff. And, and you know, look, even if you've been under a rock, you know what's happening right now in Afghanistan. There's nobody on the planet. And I mean, really, literally nobody on the planet that doesn't know about this fecal matter matinee. And it's just, it's one of those, you sit back and you go, how did this happen? By the way, this is a live show. Um, you know, I've been talking about this on social media now. I'll, I, right now, my social media is Gab at DGNT65, which you can follow me on Twitter, Gab, and Parler. It's all the same thing. Um, I'm locked out of Twitter right now because I called uh, Michael Moore a, a fat fart and told him to cry his, uh, his tears with a ho-ho. And uh, Twitter didn't like that. So I'm locked out of Twitter right now. So if you didn't see any promos on Twitter, that's why. And actually, you know, it's not bad. We're growing the other social media networks. Eventually, we'll drop off those communist suck holes, uh, Jack and the rest. I mean, how do, how do you let the Taliban have a representative on Twitter and keep a former president of the United States off? I, I don't know. Scratching my head. What, scratching others. Whatever we're scratching. But let's not get off track. Afghanistan and disgrace, that's the name of today's show. Everything that this administration has done has been disgraceful. But I mean, this is one of those you normally have when you're going out of a second term and nobody can touch you and there's no political consequence. You're going, I'm going to do whatever the hell I want. This is one of those things. Not even the cockroaches are going to survive on this. I mean, there's just nuclear fallout all over the place. But how did we get here? I think it's important to remember some things because there's a lot of debate. Well, the American public wanted out of Afghanistan. Well, yes, we did, but not this way. So let's get into the way back machine. Let's go way back into the, the, the 1990s when we started having problems with Osama bin Laden. Okay. Uh, that was coming along. And by the way, okay. Now we're going to go really, really way back. Folks, the Russians, when they were called the Soviets, they left Afghanistan in 1980, and you know why they left Afghanistan in 1980? Because they got their fanny handed to them. And do you know who was at the head of that movement funded by the United States to help run the Russians off? <gasps> Guy by the name of Osama bin Laden. Holy Moses, you can't say. Well, yes, yes. Osama helped run off the Russians for the benefit of the Americans. You would have think somebody somewhere would have cataloged that. He didn't like how politics played out in the 80s under Reagan. Knew Reagan would bomb him to blitherings. 
knew Clinton wouldn't, started doing things under the Clinton administration. They was oh, oh, we just we're always missing him. Brother George came in. He made it happen. Now, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but I have to say enough time and data has passed that I would not put 9-11 past the CIA budget plot anymore with some of the things that this government has done. And I think there's a reason why Afghanistan was invaded was a lot of that poppy, which funds heroin, uh, that funds a lot of black ops operations. Just throwing it out there. Now, someone might say, do you have any proof? Nope, nope. No, I don't have any proof. But let's look at what happened. We had the September 11th, 2001 terror attacks. We knew Osama bin Laden was behind it. We knew he was hiding in Tora Bora in Afghanistan. We didn't immediately go in in September. We went in October. I know why. I remember October because I remember where I was when the towers went down. And I remember where I was when we invaded Afghanistan and started doing things, I was actually on a camp out with my kids getting drunk with a lot of the dads. Cause we were all reeling still from September 11th. How could we let this happen? Now there was a debate then. Do you invade or you bomb? We made a lot of emotional mistakes at that time. The reality was we just simply should have bombed Afghanistan into a bowl of sand. And even until either Osama showed up, we had chunks of him that we could DNA identify or the Afghans said had enough and negotiate what terms we would come back and rebuild under. We didn't do that. Instead, we went in. There were some other bad decisions came out of that era. The Patriot Act, which, by the way, finally, the Patriot Act was not reauthorized in 2020. We got lucky. We got a lot of our rights back, but that was more of COVID confusion than actually wanting to give our rights back. But the Patriot Act was a horrible act that came out of our emotions. So as all of this comes out of, of what we're going to review today, we cannot make irrational decisions because what happened this past week was a loss of 20 years of policy, over $2 trillion of our treasure, and thousands of Americans, men and women, that died and have lost limbs particularly poignant right now for me and some friends of my family that happen to have family still trapped in Afghanistan. Um, that's another matter we're going to get into today. How did we go from America first to America last? It's just, it's, it's mind boggling and it's something we've got to get past, but you have to go back and learn from the mistakes. So we had the bombings, we went over and invaded and we established ourselves. Was it the right thing to do? I think history will tell us, no, it wasn't. But there is a point when you go in, whether you want to call it occupation, whether you want to call it nation building, whatever you want to put it under, there is a point when you are in a foreign territory that you can no longer turn back. Let me give you some specific examples. We still have military in South Korea. We still have military in Japan. We still have military in Germany. I heard Harold Ford Jr., former Tennessee congressman the other day on the news say, well, the reason we still have military presence is there is because we have a supporting government of what we do. Really? Let me remind Harold 
that Germany and Japan were not willing governments. They were conquered governments when we started putting military installations there. South Korea, we had a military installation to keep North Korea at bay. That's why we had the presence. When you're in an area two decades, right, wrong, or indifferent, there's a question of whether or not you could actually leave. I know we want to put it into foreign wars. And there's, a, and, and, and there's where we might start splitting hairs. Did we do the right thing? Can you end a foreign war and still have a military presence? Obviously, you can because we've done it in other parts of the world. So why wasn't it done here? The initial person to blame for that, frankly, ladies and gentlemen, is us. We allowed this to happen. We allowed George W. Bush and the Congress in 2001 to go in and start invading Afghanistan and Iraq under the Bush Doctrine. It's one of the biggest mistakes we've ever made as a nation, and we have to come clean with that decision. We never had any proof on Iraq. Now, if we want to say, hey, you're a, you're a sponsor of terror, we're just going to bomb the bejesus out of you. That's a whole different issue. Let the rockets fly and walk away. And if they want us to rebuild, then you have terms of negotiations. Past that, you turn it into a bowl of sand. But when you're there over a period of time long enough where you start impacting the landscape and you have a generation come up, you have to look at, okay, it becomes now you can end a war and remain a stable factor. Now, was Afghanistan stable? There's an argument there. There There's some pop-up times. But realistically, under the Trump administration, Trump reached out to, to the Taliban and said, look, we need some of this crap to stop. It was working. We had a very small force there. I know everybody wanted all of our troops to come home, but that you have to start looking at what was going to be the greater good. Obama, in his term, in 2012, said we're coming out of Afghanistan. And that's when troubles started arising again that had already been conquered because he telegraphed it. But Obama, wasn't, he wasn't a complete blithering fool. He, he realized some mistakes. He pulled back. When Trump came in, we had the same thing. Donald Trump wanted to pull every one of our troops out. He didn't because he knew from his advisors, from the intelligence, from the fact that we'd been there so long, that if he did, a massive problem would occur. And we just witnessed that this past week. So ultimately, we all, we all have to bear the blame on this. The heavy blame goes towards President Bush and the Congress that authorized this that was continued under President Obama. I don't blame President Trump for this because he didn't get it in. He put it down to a manageable area. We actually had, think about this, folks, a year ago, we had peace in the Middle East. President Trump's the only president in modern history that hasn't taken us to war. Think about that. And think about the chaos that we have in the Middle East right now. How do we stop it? Well, here's how we got there. We're going to explore more. We're going to take a quick break, pay some bills. You're listening to the Information Edge podcast. I'm Darren Yancey. Don't change your dial. Get up, have some tea, come back. And if you're ready, call in. Let's have some discussion. We'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. In the spirit of Have Couch, Will Travel, 
Dr. Carol Lieberman creates a haven of sanity in an increasingly insane world. Each day we are bombarded with news of events that have never crossed our wildest nightmares. Society is spiraling out of control and everyone is reeling from it. But now there's an answer. The best way to keep sane in this insane world is to tune in to Dr. Carol's Couch on Voice America. Dr. Carol, a certified media psychiatrist, will broadcast live from her Beverly Hills office every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific time. Call or log in and get help with whatever is sending you reeling whenever you need a soothing voice to calm and advise you. That's Dr. Carol's Couch every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific time here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Voice America presents a new kind of health awareness talk show, the Sharon Kleiner Hour, health, environment, and the power of water. Show host Sharon Kleiner interviews leading scientists to discover how each of us can become proactive in protecting our personal health environment in an increasingly unhealthy world. Every show offers new information that could save your life. The Sharon Kleiner Hour is health from an environmental perspective, your ultimate source for a personal environmental lifestyle. Listen Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel and Wednesdays at 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. You are listening to the Information Edge with Darren Yancey. To reach the program today, call in to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to darren at darrenyancey.com. Now, back to the Information Edge. All right, folks, this is the Information Edge podcast. Darren Yancey, and we're talking about disgrace. Disgrace is in just, oh, my God, what's going on in the Middle East, specifically Afghanistan, although you could pick a dart and throw it at the Middle East right now, and there's loads of problems, and they all go back to say it ain't so, Joe, uh, Corn Pop, and whatever her name is. I mean, it's just, just, it's just <laughs> I mean, look, we can sit here and laugh and giggle about it, but it's really, it's, it's sad is what it is. And, but we're going to talk about that a little bit more. But let's look at, now, we talked about how we got here and whether or not there's a decision to leave. And if there is a decision to leave, the right way to leave. I personally think we should have kept a small military force there. We invested a lot of money, had an air base there. Uh, we had uh, our embassy there. So the question is, should we leave completely? And I know everybody said, well, we want to be out of Afghanistan. I think the real question is, or the real statement is, did we want to be out of an endless war? Can you be somewhere and be out of an endless war? And obviously we can. We've got other examples. I think that's what we should have done. But if the decision was, okay, we're going to completely get out, we're going to turn it over, then let's also go back and examine what it's going to take to do that. And let's start with the hardware that's there that was supposedly going to be there for the Afghan military to take over. First off, how big was the Afghan military? And did they need, well, I'm hearing numbers between 20 and $80 billion 
worth of first-class military hardware that was left there, which is obviously for a far greater numerical force than the Afghan army had. Okay, so if you're going to pull down and you're going to leave, you need to leave an appropriate amount of hardware, not an excess amount of hardware. And I don't want to hear this crap. Well, it costs too much to ship it back. I don't want to hear it. You can't ship it back. Destroy it. But don't just leave excess. So there's a question. Was that handled properly? Obviously not. But the real question we got to go back and look at, folks. Why did the Afghan army fall as fast as they did? Now, stop and think about that. Taliban rolled through here. They just roll right up to their gate. And I think, folks, what is the reason for that? And I think the answer is right before our eyes. The reason we had our military there for 20 years, the Afghan forces never wanted to take this over. First off, the Taliban really wasn't their enemy. That's their brother of another color. They didn't want a war with their brothers. Yeah, they talked a good talk. They'd say what the Americans wanted to hear, but be honest with you, they didn't want to fight each other. I mean, they have been fighting each other for thousands and thousands of years. But stop and think about it. If the Afghans were really going to be the force, would we have had to have our military there for 20 years? At some point, would they not have been capable of taking over? Or our guys could have gotten smaller and smaller and smaller. Did anybody ever run the possibility that maybe, just possibly, maybe, 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 that the Afghan military force it was weaker than a popcorn fart because they had no desire to do that. It wasn't in their heart. And they weren't going to do it. Were they really an inferior fighting force? I don't know. I don't think they fought at all. I think they saw the Taliban coming. They're going, okay, it's next group occupiers. We speak the same language, probably get along better with them. Hell, they're probably my relatives in the first place. Let's just let this thing happen. What else can you do for the explanation? And then you have to go back based upon that premise, and you have to do an examination then. What was the garbage that we were told over two decades? Hmm. We were told a lot. Oh, they're getting, they're improving. Oh, they're training. Oh, they can do this. A bunch of low, it's just a load of crap. I mean, they might as well just have a row of horses and cows and pulled on their tails and just unloaded them because that's what we got fed. A load of crap. So the real question is, Aside, but I'm going to get to the Biden administration. How far back do the lies go? Do they go back to day one? Eh, it's too new. But within a couple of years, I promise you, our military knew. And folks, the reason I bring this up, we had a very same problem in the 80s with South America. Some of you don't remember this. I do. The Russians at that time, or the Soviet Union, was massively arming South America, pouring loads of money, a lot of armament into it because they were going to invade us. The reason they didn't invade us is because they knew we had 100 million, no, 300 million guns between our civilians, and they didn't have enough guns to outpower that. That's the only reason 
that Soviet Russia did not invade us in the 80s. And for those of you that want to argue that, give me a call. We'll talk about it, 866-472-5788. Otherwise, take notes. We started trying to go in and arm various parts of Central and South America as a resistance force to what the Soviets were doing. And you know what we consistently found out? They didn't want to do it because they considered those guys their brothers. That was their family. They didn't want to fight each other. Now, unfortunately, there were factions that did. We armed them, and they turned into some of the worst uh, terrorist groups on the planet in Central and South America. Bad policy. Okay? We didn't examine that and learn. So when you fast forward to the 2000s, in Afghanistan, and we had a force that didn't want to do the job, we should have had enough data to say, okay, we're training these guys. They ain't getting it. Okay, there is no way in hell we can release this to them because if we do, the enemy's going to roll in here. I promise you they've known this for over 15 years, at least 15 years, if not longer. So why not tell the truth? This this garbage that all these, these generals have been feeding Bush and Obama and Trump and now Biden was a bunch of horse manure. They all lied. They've known that there's no way in hell. Otherwise, we would not have had our level of forces there for that period of time. That's just pure logic. Why did we believe it? Why did we buy it? Why did we sit back and do nothing? I don't know. I think we've just been in a slumber for a long period, really since the end of Reagan till Trump, I think we've just been in a slumber. Drug-induced, I don't know what it is. Thank God we're awake. Because we need to be asking these questions every time military forces are being committed. Every time. So the real question is, they knew, they knew Afghanistan would fall if we were going to pull out. So why not have the honest conversation? Say, folks, we'd love to have every soldier out of there. But here's the reality. The Afghanis are not going to be any type of security force. We have given the Afghan people a form of democratic government. They've got a form of voting. Uh, Women have got privileges and freedoms they've never had. If we completely pull out, that's going to collapse. I promise you they've known. That's why President Trump didn't pull them out. As bad as he wanted to. The data said it would be an absolute unmitigated disaster. So why did Joe Biden do it? Obama didn't do it. He wanted to do it. He was smart enough to go, eh, no. Mm-mm. Now, did Bush do it? No, Bush was an idiot. Wouldn't matter what the data is. Oh, we're staying in there regardless. And I say that confessing that I voted for the son of a bitch four times, twice as governor, twice as president, and I regret every vote right now. But Obama was smarter. No, I started talking about it. I'm pulling it back. That's why he didn't do it. Same thing with Trump. So why did Dementia Joe do it? Did he really read the data that bad? Were there other items at play? These are some questions. Before we answer that, because when I get to that, we're going to have to talk about consequences, and there must be consequences for this action. Is we also have to look at what's the fallout? 
What's the immediate problems that we're going to have happen right now? Well, first off, let's look at, you're hearing about an unknown number of Americans still in Afghanistan. I've heard as low as 5,000. I've heard as as high as 40,000. We don't know. Which there's there's a problem. Why don't we know? They should have known where every American was. And if you're going to exit a country, if you're going to pull out, you don't pull your your military support out. Folks, we got 7,000 troops heading back over there now to try to save what's left of what we'd created so we can get the American citizens out, so we can get the Afghans that helped us that will be slaughtered out. Why not, if you're going to do that, start having those people come out first? Okay, we're going to pull out. We're not going to announce the date, but we know there's a date out there. You should have got every American out of there. There is no excuse. It is criminal that the Biden-Harris administration has pulled out of Afghanistan and there are American citizens still there that are going to be hunted down and slaughtered like pigs. And I don't care what their political preference was. I don't care what their sexual preference was. I don't care. They're Americans. We put them there or we gave them a reason to come there under the protection and full-fledged commitment by the U.S. government. Why weren't they out first? It is inexcusable that there's one American left there. Secondly, all those folks that have helped us the last 20 years, that have been as Americanized as we want, who've helped us with interpretation, who've helped us with intelligence, who've done things that now their very lives are in jeopardy being there. The Taliban will hunt them down and kill them. Why didn't we make arrangements to get them out? These are, these are hard questions for which thus far Corn Pop hasn't provided any answers. And batter up number two, Camilla, Kamala, say holla, whatever you want to call her. <laughs> She's MIA too. As well as, you know, Press Secretary Jen Psaki, they all, they, they, I guess they all realize, well, this is, this is a week we just don't want to be around. I mean, how, how can you really go hide like that? But think about that. How could you have a plan to exit and not take care of those who have been doing the job on the ground? You get them out first. It it boggles the mind that we're even having this discussion. Those people, for the most part, ladies and gentlemen, they're dead. Our military can't help them. To go get them, our military is going to get killed. And it's a very, very sad day in American politics. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick break, pay some bills. You're listening to the Information Edge podcast. I'm Darren Yancey. We're discussing disgrace, withdrawal from Afghanistan, and the impacts that are going to come henceforth. We'll be right back. Don't go away. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. In the spirit of Have Couch, Will Travel, Dr. Carol Lieberman creates a haven of sanity in an increasingly insane world. 
Each day we are bombarded with news of events that have never crossed our wildest nightmares. Society is spiraling out of control and everyone is reeling from it. But now there's an answer. The best way to keep sane in this insane world is to tune in to Dr. Carol's Couch on Voice America. Dr. Carol, a certified media psychiatrist, will broadcast live from her Beverly Hills office every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific time. Call or log in and get help with whatever is sending you reeling whenever you need a soothing voice to calm and advise you. That's Dr. Carol's Couch every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific time here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Voice America presents a new kind of health awareness talk show, the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. Show host Sharon Kleina interviews leading scientists to discover how each of us can become proactive in protecting our personal health environment in an increasingly unhealthy world. Every show offers new information that could save your life. The Sharon Kleina Hour is health from an environmental perspective, your ultimate source for a personal environmental lifestyle. Listen Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel and Wednesdays at 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. You are listening to the Information Edge with Darren Yancey. To reach the program today, call in to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to darren at darrenyancey.com. Now, back to the Information Edge. All right, folks, welcome back to the Information Edge. We are taking a close-up examination of uh, just disgrace uh, in the Middle East in, in general and Afghanistan up close. So where have we been? We went to the Wayback Machine. We talked about how we got here and we looked at, was it the right decision to leave? And if so, how to do it correctly? Obviously, what's happened has not been correct. Okay. And, and here's where we really start getting to motivations. Why? You know, there were generals out there and military leaders that advised, here's a way to do this, not the way you're doing. A lot of them stayed around from former President Trump. Um, but obviously there were some things that were gone wrong. This, this general Milley who comes out there says, oh, well, oh, Afghans are, they're well prepared to take care of us and, or themselves and it's not going to fall. That's that lie that's been perpetuated. Did he advise Joe? Why would he, look, why would you do it this way? There's really, there's no logical reason. To pull it this way, I read a state. Well, I I can't keep sacrificing generations of, of of men and women for an Afghan civil war. Okay, I, I don't disagree with the statement, but the application of the principle from a policy standpoint, <laughs> you just killed more people. So why would you do it? Why would you not? Anybody with a with half a brain, the scarecrow could have organized a better exit than this. 
And why, again, I go back to the last segment. Why are American citizens not a priority? That's inexcusable. And that's a crime. An impeachable crime. A 25th Amendment action. We're going to get into that as we get uh, wrapping up the show here in a few minutes. But the reality is we have to look at the motivation behind here. Why would you do it this way? Why would you just, I mean, there's so many ways you could have exited this. This is the worst of all scenarios. You know, they're saying back in first week of July, oh, we're not going to have a repeat of Saigon. No, this is worse. I was becoming politically aware when Saigon was going on. I, I just, I was, in my, I was 10, not even 10, but I remember watching it. My daddy made me look at it because he had been in the army and been in military intelligence and he was gagging and barfing when it happened. This is worse than Saigon, much worse than Saigon because we've abandoned people. We help. We left the Brits there to fend for themselves. We didn't even help the Brit, the, those in the British intelligence get out. So one of two things comes about here in the decision-making process of Joe Biden. Either he doesn't give a rat's ass, and this is intentional, and therefore by being intentional, my position, it's a crime, and therefore an impeachable and removable offense, or his faculty, his facility to make cognitive decisions is so far gone that he really is Dementia Joe. And can't comprehend the magnitude. If that's the case, that's a 25th Amendment action. In either case, he's got to go. As does Kamala Harris. She was the last one in the room when he made the decision. And there's other things that she's done prior to being VP that would be impeachable uh, impeachable offenses on. This is, this is a dust cloud of radioactive particles that are just going to float all over the world. Right now, they're floating on the White House. And Nancy Pelosi, she should resign as well. She's commended Mr. Biden, which tells me either you're evil, which means you need to go, or you're just as far gone loony that he is, and you're incapacitated, which means you still need to go. All three must either resign or be removed through the legal processes that we have. That's the fallout from this. There is no escaping. General Milley needs to be removed as well, whether he voluntarily resigns or he is forcibly fired. This type of disgrace cannot go on because, unfortunately, there's more fallout from this. See, it doesn't just end here. Number one, it's, it's, first off, it's not over. In case you guys are wondering, it's not over. We've seen pictures, horrible pictures of people trying to get into the airport in Kabul. We've seen pictures of people jumping on the outside of C-130 planes just to get away, falling off the planes. How horrible is that? We know the Taliban has been going around executing people. Now, let me give you, let me talk, let's talk about something that happened in 2019. 
Uh, the president at that time of Afghanistan, when they were going to have another election, made everybody, uh, when they were registering to vote, declare their religion. Not real sure why, but they did. And there's a list who's Muslim and who's Christian. Guess who has that list? The Taliban. They're now going around and they're hunting people down that were on this list. Now, I can't confirm this. I've heard that the option is being given to embrace Islam or die. I'm hoping they embrace Islam to save their skin and then get out of there and uh, repent for doing that. If they want to be Islam, that's fine. But if they don't, you know, right now you got to do what you got to do to survive. That list is out there. They're going door to door. They also know where the U.S. citizens are or their or, or close whereabouts. You think they're going to let them live? Yeah, I've seen some of the posts on social media. Oh, we're going to follow Sharia law and our women are going to have the freedoms afforded under Sharia law. Really? We've already seen where women and, uh, women and young girls can't go to school anymore. They're back to the burqas. Mm-hmm. All of this right before the anniversary of the 19th Amendment in this country, given women the right to vote. If you're a female and this is hitting your ears, your ears should be on fire right now. Because your sisters across the world have just taken a thousand year step back. That's some of the fallout of this decision. There'll be forced marriages. There'll be rapes. We already know there's been murders. There'll be more murders. The head of the Taliban has a Twitter account, apparently a WhatsApp account, but the former president of the United States does not. When are we going to put an end to that and the 230 protections? These are sad states of affairs that, that go back realistically to the theft of an election on November 3rd, 2020. And yes, it's time to talk about a theft. It's time to come out and full-throated talk about the fact that we had multiple states, multiple counties flooded in with ballots that were not legal. I've talked about Article, uh, Article 4 of the Constitution before. The states control that. A state judge doesn't control the terms. The Secretary of State doesn't control the terms. The legislatures of each state, and if the legislature set forth a chain of command for ballots, and it wasn't followed, they're not legal votes. I think a lot of distractions are coming out right now to keep what's happening in Arizona for coming light, because I think what's fixing to happen is we're going to have potentially a reversal of electors come out of Arizona. And if it happens in Arizona, it can happen in other states. And there may be no better time to go back and do a forensic audit. And if someone really says, you know, this was the most secure election that we've ever had, and Joe Biden got 80 million votes and we stand behind him, then you should not fear an audit. Because an audit will simply validate what you say. But if indeed it's wrong, and ballots were mailed in. And how do we know there's some illegal ballots? Well, a ballot has to be mailed in. It has to be folded and come with an envelope. 
when it's an unfolded ballot that was mailed in, that's not a mail-in ballot. That's called stuffing. We know for a fact now there's hundreds of thousands of these ballots. And in an election where hundreds of thousands of votes change the election, we have a duty and a right to go through. I've heard people say, well, the Constitution doesn't allow for the reinstatement of a president. The Constitution also doesn't allow for the fraudulent theft of an election either. It's time to go back and have a hard examination because the Biden-Harris administration is a unmitigated disaster on all levels. And if there is any chance that it was not legal, it must be corrected. Now, if audits come out and validate, then we got to take our medicine. But part of that, if we assume it's correct, is right now these actions that the Biden-Harris administration have taken must be held accountable. And right now, that means removal from office. There, these are crimes. These, these, there are no excuses for what's happened here. None. Either you intentionally put American lives at risk, you intentionally have left armaments, or you just don't have the capacity to know the difference. Neither is an acceptable situation. And having this administration remain in office to continue to use that type of faculty evil or idiot cannot remain. The United States cannot remain it. And unfortunately, things that we do in the United States impact the rest of the globe. And I can tell you right now, the rest of the globe doesn't want this man either or his VP because they're now starting to realize just how dangerous this administration is. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick break, pay a few bills. When we come back, we'll wrap up the show. We'll talk about where we go from here. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Live Fridays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in to The Patricia Raskin Show on VoiceAmerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This is the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions with the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio, Patricia Raskin. So tune in and call in to The Patricia Raskin Show, Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. 
Follow the Voice America Variety Channel on Twitter. Our hosts always have something to say, and we know that you do too. We tweet on today's hot topics, and you're welcome to follow us. Speak up and join in at Voice AM Variety. That's at Voice AM Variety. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective, plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite hosts. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access all the time. You are listening to The Information Edge with Darren Yancey. To reach the program today, call in to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to darren at darrenyancey.com. Now, back to The Information Edge. All right, folks, welcome to the final segment of today's episode of the Information Edge podcast. We're talking about disgrace. Disgrace that is the Biden-Harris administration with many, many things. We're not going to get into that today, but specifically what's happening in the Middle East and right now, Afghanistan. You see, there's still going to be more fallout from this before this is all said and done. Now, I talked about what's happening in terms of religious persecution, and right now, women, it's just if, if you're a woman you and you voted for this administration, you should do a hard self-examination versus the lip service that is given and the actions because they they basically have signed the death warrant for so many women in Afghanistan. There's, there's a female mayor in Afghanistan right now who has put out on Twitter um, that she's waiting for the Taliban to come by and kill her and her family. And that's what's going to happen. Because they know she's a strong woman, that she's not going to succumb to Sharia law and all the other Islamic conformists that they're now imposing on women. And yeah, they will kill her. If you're, if you voted for the Biden-Harris administration, you voted for slaughter and murder. I know you were told this man was a moderate, but he's not. And right now, I don't think he's got the capacity to walk and chew bubble gum and must be removed. Whether through voluntary resignation, impeachment of the 25th Amendment, he must go as must Kamala Harris because she, she did nothing to stop this. She didn't come out and say, you know, we're fixing to do some things in Afghanistan and I don't support. The president and I don't see eye to eye on this. Now she's trying to come back and say, well, you're not going to pin this crap on me now, but, but no. You had an opportunity to come out and say, this is an area that the president and I, we just don't agree. She didn't do it. She's got to go. Nancy Pelosi commending the president for this action. That means you have no faculties. They all must go. If you are, I don't care what party, I don't care if it's state, federal, county, city, I don't care. If you think this is a good decision, you do not need to be in public office, period. The America last show must stop. The America first show must come back because 
these are not decisions that are made. We have to keep in mind on the foreign stage, on the international theater, our decisions have huge consequences. Let's talk about one right now. And I got to tell you something, there's there's an argument that this was done in a little bit of possible cahoots with China. China was meeting with the Taliban at the end of August or at the end of July. Why? Why were they meeting with China at the end of July? Could be for the poppy. Could it be for lithium, although China's got more lithium itself. Maybe the thing they can come in and get the lithium there. Already. There is political impact for the nation of Taiwan. They're an ally. A lot of things are made in Taiwan. And China has basically said the U.S. will not protect you. They've already instructed the United States, stop having diplomatic affairs. Stop selling them arms. Yeah, that's right, folks. There's fallout when you have this type of fecal matter matinee. There's fallout. And China's one of them. China's emboldened. Now, they're saying that they're going to go in and take over the Taliban. I, I think China's smart enough to look at the, the, Russia didn't do well. We didn't do well. I think they're going to try to have a relationship. I don't see them trying to go in and take it over. China's smarter than that. Okay. But they are now looking at, okay, well, America's weak under this president. We can go in and take Taiwan. It's now on the it's now on the dinner plate. Mm-hmm. There's ramifications for this kind of stuff. Heavy, heavy ramifications for these type of decisions. Here's the other. We've already had since the Biden Harris administration has come in the most poor southern border in history, which in and of itself, because the reversal of ICE, because customs. Uh, excuse me, the Border Patrol has been told to not do its job anymore. That is a crime. That right there should have had these two impeached. Now, we just gave a terroristic organization, the Taliban, billions of dollars of military hardware. I believe a statement came out that they have more Black Hawk helicopters right now than 166 nations. Joe Biden and Kamala Harris just armed a terrorist organization and made it a terrorist state. Oh, snap. You think they're going to let those assets sit? We had reason to close the southern border prior to this. Now the southern border must be closed. Because we have just, I say we, not me, I didn't vote for him. The Biden-Harris administration has blown life back into the terror balloon. And it was almost gone. They took a helium canister, plugged it to the end, filled it up, and that's floating out there. You don't think they won't try to do things in America? You don't think they're going to look at the 
easiest way to get in? We need to have an aggressive southern border policy right now, not only shut it down, but have consequences. I'm talking about physical consequences, as in not just jail time, perhaps getting shot. Now, I'm not saying just automatically shoot people, you know, shoot a warning shot over their head. Give them a fair chance. I had someone send me something that I posted on social media the other day. The best way to probably secure the border right now, and the most, and it would, matter of fact, we wouldn't have to pay for it other than provide uh, the ammunition, is to get between 10 to 20,000 amped up youngsters on Mountain Dew with high velocity paintball guns, put them along the southern border, give them a few million rounds of very hardcore paintball ammunition and let them shoot anything that comes across. Now, it's not going to kill people. It's going to hurt. And it'll deter them. I promise you, if you get shot with a bunch of paintballs, you will turn the other way and have it with the type of paint that doesn't wash off. So we'll know who they are when they start coming back. That might not be the solution. I promise you, if they started recruiting, how many people would sign up for that overnight? Sometimes you got to think outside of the box because we have to shut down the border, whatever it takes. We have to shut it down because now we've armed an enemy that's going to come back after us in some way. Or it has now given motivation to a cell that senses weakness. Predators smell blood in the water when their prey is weak. And right now, the Biden-Harris administration is weak. All right, folks, I appreciate you listening in to today's show. This has been the Information Edge podcast with Darren Yancey. I hope this show has been informative, educational, and somewhat entertaining. I'll bring you another message next week. Until then, do me a favor. Don't text and drive. Don't look up at the sun. Take a deep breath and remember, even with all our problems, we're still the greatest country on God's green earth. With that, have a great day. Thank you for tuning in to the Information Edge. Please join your host, Darren Yancey, again next Wednesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Central, and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll have more to share then.